Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. What's up? Happy Friday, y'all. We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza, a Colorado original. There's only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. That's Bojo's, of course. Right now, they are offering 30% off takeout when you ask for it. Tag them, tag us if you get this delicious takeout or delivery. Also available on DoorDash. It's tough times for a lot of local businesses out there. We want to do everything that we can to to support the institutions that are a big part of our community. There's no doubt that Bojo's is one of those places. It's a it's going to be a cold weekend. It's looking like it's looking like we're going to be in our apartments locked up. Why don't you order yourself a delicious locally sourced pizza and you know just make the moment a little bit better. Northern Iowa's going to have to shoot it before the shot clock runs out. Oh, hell oh my. Farouk Banesh, a three. Good! You can't be serious with that shot. Collins the other way. Tyrell Reed. You can't be serious with that shot. Happy anniversary, Ali Farouk Banesh. Today is the 10-year anniversary of his historic game-clinching shot against the Kansas Jayhawks. If you missed it, CSU men's basketball actually recreated the moment with the entire Farouk Manesh family. Just amazing, amazing Twitter content. Right now, it's a lot of doom and gloom on there. I think it's getting a little bit old. I think everybody's getting a little bit tired of it. It's, it's unfortunate. There's a lot of people going through hard times. So whenever I see something like this, it just makes me feel a little bit better. You know, it was it was cute. It was perfectly executed. Definitely funny. Uh, the the Farrakhmanesh kids are just so cute. Uh, their their oldest son Ty, probably like the cutest smile. He he honestly should be in like stock images in, in magazines or something for where they use uh, cute little blonde kids because he's adorable and so are so are both of their daughters. And this video is just really really funny. So check it out. You're not gonna want to miss that. I did want to kind of go down memory lane, though, and and talk about just how good Ali was during that run. Now, I think a lot of people, even passive college basketball fans, I don't think you have to be like a diehard college basketball fan, somebody like me that that lives and breathes college hoops the entire season, to know this moment. It was one of those, those just iconic moments in sports that, I mean, just look how many times it's been shared on Twitter over the last week or so. I shared it from the DNVR Rams account, just about every major college basketball reporter or like mid-major account shared it at some point. Uh, Mid-major madness actually did a a written write. I'm not sure if it was new this year or if they just reshared it, but it's a, it's a really interesting written piece on the history of the shot and, and kind of talks about a lot of the things that we're talking about on this podcast today. Highly recommend that you check that one out. Wanted to make sure that I that I remembered to shout that out because I love 
quality writing, no matter where it's from. You know, some people, they'll like to throw the shot, you know, local blogger out there, and, and they usually mean it as an insult. Well, I'll say this. There are a lot, a lot of talented bloggers out there, and there's a ton of them over at Midmajor Madness. You're going to want to check that out. I read them all year. You should, too. Word, now that we have established that, let's go down memory lane. It's been a decade. It's been a long time. So even if you watched that tournament in its entirety, you probably forgot about some of this stuff. So I thought it would be good to just kind of, one, talk about Ali and his role with UNI before the tournament, how he was able to really take it to the next level during March. I mean, that's what you want your best players to do. And ultimately, how he ended up breaking the hearts of thousands or millions or I don't know, however many Jayhawks fans there are out there. Quite a few of them. I mean, Kansas is is one of the premier programs in college basketball. This season, back in 2009-2010, they were particularly dominant, 33-3 and overall. Uh, before we really get into that, though, I'm going to talk about the setup. For the season, you know, Ali was, he was a very good player. I mean, he played... 30 minutes a game he he shot 37 percent from the floor he or excuse me he shot 38 percent from the floor 37 percent from three 87 percent free throw shooter uh, 9.7 points per game so basically you know 10 points a game that's basically exactly what you want out of your shooting guard he's a three and d type kind of guy uh, one of the a situation where he was a very important player played a key role for the panthers success uh, you and I was very good that year, won the Missouri Valley, won the Missouri Valley tournament. Uh, so they were they were a very good team, and they had four guys that averaged double digits. Ali was one of them. But it wasn't like Farrakh Manesh was, you know, he wasn't Peyton Pritchard. He wasn't Malachi Flynn. He wasn't out there throwing 30-point games on the regular. He wasn't, you know, necessarily like a household name before the tournament. He wasn't that superstar that you expected going in. I mean, you know, going into the tournament, I think there's always a couple of players that everybody has their eye on, guys that could potentially really go off, guys you think that you would really not want to miss their games. And while I have a ton of love for, for Ali, he was not one of those guys. And I think that's part of what makes this this run so cool, so special, so memorable, is that it was just like, you know, kind of like an average dude, like a role player going off. Like I said, a very, very good very good basketball player. I'm not saying this as a dis, as a you know a sign of disrespect or anything like that. Guys have to know their roles, and and Ali certainly did. But that's what makes it so fun. Was it was just like, you know, this this little shooting guard in the big baggy shorts. I mean, you got to remember this was this was still the time before we had gone back to like the sleeker gym wear. It's actually really funny. I have basketball shorts that I got in like 2005, 2006 that probably would still fit me to this day just because the style was so different. When you look at, you know, pictures of Ali jacking up the shot or or just basketball from that era in general, it's it's so funny to see how different everybody looks. It's it's not the sleek tight shorts with with tights underneath. It's shorts that are like 3XL that go well down to your shins and an XL jersey even though you only need a medium. It's it's just hilarious. You know, what often gets forgotten about this run was before they had to beat Kansas, before Northern Iowa had to upset a 33-win Kansas team, they had to beat a 25-win UNLV team. This was back when when UNLV and the Mountain West in general were still 
really, really strong from a basketball side. I mean, you had San Diego State, you had BYU, you had New Mexico. This was before Utah had left for the Pac-12. So this was a quality, quality basketball conference, and, and UNLV was really good that year. They went 25-9 and overall, 11-5 and against the league. This was back when they were still coached by Lon Kruger, now at Oklahoma. Going into the tournament, this UNLV team, they had won 6-7 of seven overall, uh, ultimately lost in the Mountain West tournament final to a really talented San Diego State team, but they'd won 6-7 of seven overall, all of those wins by double digits. And one of those wins was actually over CSU, 70-39 to on February 20th, 2010. 31-point beatdown at the Thomas and Mack Center. Not what you want to hear about as a CSU fan, so not really any point of of going down that that rabbit hole. But anyways, this was a this an opening round matchup between two really, really quality mid-majors. Really, I mean, this is an example of a game of of why we love March Madness so much. I mean, it's two teams that normally aren't gonna play each other, UNLV, Northern Iowa, quality programs, programs that don't have the resources that, you know, some of these bigger programs, Kansas, for instance, has. And it was just an example of two really good teams. Ultimately, you expect UNLV to win this game. You know, like I said, they'd they'd basically been beating, just beating down everyone coming into this game. And Ali just went off. You know, like I said, normally played 30 minutes a game and scored 10 points, but he played 34 minutes in the win over UNLV. Hit six of 13 field goals overall. Five of those from beyond the three-point arc, five of nine, and 56% showing from behind the arc. 17 points, three assists, two steals. Just an awesome game. If you go back and, and look at the interviews and or just like find any piece where Ali reflects on the shot, which, you know, I'm sure he gets, you know, a little tired of talking about it. He's always a good sport, which is which is great. But you know, he thought that this UNLV game would be his his one shining moment. It would be his, his moment that lives on. And honestly, under most circumstances, it probably would a guy that, that normally scores about 10 points a game comes out and hits five threes, drops 17 and a win over UNLV on national TV on the biggest stage for a lot of guys. That's the type of moment you only get once in a career. And Ali got two of them in a, in a couple of days. I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned this UNLV game though, because like I said, it's often it's often the game that that gets overlooked and you know, going five and nine from three point range in, in a March Madness game, that's that's big time stuff. But after beating UNLV, after upsetting the Rebels, they move on to face Kansas. Now, nobody in the world is giving Northern Iowa a chance at this point. Kansas 33 and 3, 15 and 1 against the Big 12. Uh, won the the Big 12 regular season, won the Big 12 tournament, won 19 of 20 games overall coming into this, including including a first-round win over Lehigh. So they were on absolute fire. Eight NBA players on the roster, including Sharon Collins, Xavier Henry, Cole Aldrich, Aldrich, excuse me, the Morris brothers. This was a really, really good college basketball team. Honestly, like one of the better KU teams. I'm, I'm a guy that I watch a lot of KU basketball. I have a lot of family out there. Uh, kind of a, a bandwagon KU fan, if you will. One of those, I'm, I don't lose sleep when they lose, but I certainly am, am, am happy when I see them have success. But this was one of the better KU teams. And Ali comes out, 31 minutes, 5 of 12 from the field, hits 4 of 10 threes, 
40%, still really good. Not quite as good as, as the day as the game before, but finishes with 16 points, one assist, one steal. And the most iconic shot comes with, with 42.8 seconds remaining. At this point, the Panthers, they're up 63 to 62. So, you know, Kansas still, still very much in this game. The Panthers inbound the ball. Kansas is trying to press after three passes. Uh, KU is able to get the ball to, or excuse me, UNI is able to get the ball to Quazo uh, Alegbe. I'm, I'm definitely butchering that pronunciation, and, and I'm sorry. But he has space to dribble at this point, and he could. You know, you could waste time. You're up by one. Probably not going to foul intentionally if you're Kansas at that point, but you might be able to draw the foul if you're the Panthers. Instead, he decides to pass the ball up the court to Ali, who's kind of creeping over uh, in in the corner by himself. Ali sets his feet, just drills it. I mean, there were still 37 seconds left in the game, still 30 seconds left on the shot clock. So traditionally, this is this isn't a good shot. Like if you're a coach, this is one of those where you're like, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it, it took some serious stones to even put this shot up. If if he rims out. Kansas had three guys under the hoop. They're getting probably a bucket in transition. And instead of this being, you know, the historic shot that lives on, it's probably a moment where you and I fans for the next, you know, 10 years are like, oh, they had to do was was draw the foul. I can't believe you put up that dumb three-pointer. But instead, because he made it, it was a great shot. And, you know, hey, shoot or shoot. At that point, I'm so in favor of going for the kill. I know, like, traditionally... That's that's not the play, but if if you're Northern Iowa, you don't even expect to be up at that point, anyways. It's it's kind of like in college football where you see a team that's that's upsetting like a top twenty five team that nobody gave them a chance, and then you see them get really really conservative in the in the second half or the fourth quarter, and it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, that would be the play. You're trying to run the clock out. You're just trying to escape with the win. But ultimately, I feel like the greatest moments, the greatest upsets happen because a coach or a player is willing to take the gamble. They're willing to go for the win instead of playing not to lose. And that's what Ali did in this moment. And and now it's going to live on forever. I mean, 20 years from now, when, when March Madness comes on and they're doing a whole reel of the iconic NCAA tournament moments, this shot will still be on there. And I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. We don't have any college basketball right now. So I thought it was, it was fun to just kind of go down memory lane and, and talk about it. Talk about a guy who's now a, a very important part of, of what CSU men's basketball is building. I'm going to move on now and just kind of talk about Fort Collins in general, how this uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, how this has impacted CSU as a whole, how it's you know impacting me in my everyday life. Before I do that, though, I need to shout out my friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge is the official brewery of DNVR. Right now, I'm going to highly recommend that you utilize the Drizzly app for Breckenridge beer deliveries. Their 15-can sampler is the best way to go. This is the best value, best variety. Grab yourself a couple of Avalanche ales. Grab yourself some Strawberry Sky, some Hot Peak, maybe a little bit of Vanilla Porter, if you're local, you can also pick up food and beer at the farmhouse at the brewery in Littleton. Just call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for your pickup. 
They'll even bring your to-go order right to your car for you. You don't have to get out. You don't have to go into the establishment if you're worried about that. Breck is taking all of the extra precautions to protect you. They they love this community. And, you know, kind of like Bojo's, like I said earlier, we have to do what we can to support these local joints. I mean, it's it's a tough situation. Breck is always good to us. They're always good to the people, to, to the DNVR family. You know, you know you're not going to stop drinking beer over the next couple of months. Make sure you are doing so in a way that helps Colorado businesses keep on churning. Also, make sure you check out the Breck Beer Locator. If you're not local in Littleton or Denver metro area, this is going to be clutch for you because it will tell you uh, the closest liquor store near you that has Breckenridge Brewery. This takes all of the inconvenience out of beer shopping. I've been talking about it for weeks. I absolutely love this feature. This is the future of beer buying. Cool, 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 cool. Moving on with the DNBRM's podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. I wanted to briefly just talk about CSU's decision to move the commencement ceremonies from the spring to December. I have a lot of friends that are, are supposed to graduate this May. For you know those that don't know, you know I, I went to CSU. I think at this point, if you listen to this podcast, you probably understand it. So I understand that this is a significant bummer, especially for folks that are, you know, that are not from Colorado. It might be kind of hard to get back to Fort Collins if, you know, you go back to to Seattle or or New Hampshire or wherever you're from, another country. It might be difficult to get back to Fort Collins for that ceremony. But ultimately, we're in a situation where it's just going to take some compromise. And and quite frankly, I think this is a special moment. And and so I'm glad that CSU at least is is doing it in a way that that gives the students a chance to have that special moment, to have the commencement ceremony, to make those memories that they'll never forget. You know, I didn't actually want to go to my graduation commencement. My my experience at CSU was it was weird. And some of it had to do with the fact that I was I was doing a million extracurricular things. I was working jobs outside of school. But a lot of a lot of it was just I needed to grow up. I actually didn't even finish school the first time. I had to leave for a while came back, got my life together, was able to graduate, finish with with my major and my minor, something I'm very very proud of. But I didn't want to go to my graduation ceremony because, you know, I was I was tired of having to talk about what had happened. It's one of those situations where I'm very proud of what I did now. You know, I'm proud of the fact that I didn't quit, but back then I was I was still kind of embarrassed of my past, of my struggle. I just I didn't want to have to answer questions. I didn't want you know, social media posts and me tagging and then everyone being like, oh, I thought you graduated, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever. No, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, I didn't want to deal with any of that, but my family convinced me to go. And I'm really glad that I did because it was just special. I mean, I remember sitting in the audience with with some friends from my department and, and just thinking back like, man, I like, I actually finished it. I actually got through this whole thing. And And now obviously I'm in a great situation. I work for an amazing company. I have an amazing community and, you know, I'm, I'm living the dream literally, but I'm just, I'm really glad that I have that memory. And so because of that, I'm just happy that CSU is still giving these students an opportunity to have that commencement ceremony. I know it's unfortunate. I know that it sucks. I know that, you know, there were so many people looking forward to having that moment in May, but at least they're still going to get it. That's, that's ultimately where I come down to. Like I said, you know, it's, it's going to take some compromise from us all we're, we're in this together. And especially, you know, these local communities, 
we got to do what we can. And, and CSU is obviously taking all the right steps. And and I talked about it the other day. It's it sucks because it's not just graduations that are being canceled. It's it's sports. It's performances. It's things in the performing arts. It's presentations. It's all kinds of things. Studies. I have friends that were in the middle of important studies and now their labs are closed. And it's it's just a crappy situation all around. But ultimately, we're going to get through it. We will persevere. I'm going to continue to be as positive as I can. That's definitely going to be my goal throughout this mission. I'm trying to come out of this situation as a better person. You know, I'm not, I'm trying not to just sit around and, and play video games all day. I'm trying to, you know, come up with new ways to, to create content. Part of that, you know, we're having the DNVR watches. If you're not paying attention, it's a lot of fun. We're doing Love is Blind. We're doing classic abs games, classic Nuggets games. On Saturday, we're going to do a rewatch of the 2013 New Mexico Bowl at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Make sure you participate in that. We will post the link over on Twitter, uh, you know, probably about, you know, 10, 15 minutes before the game. I don't want to post it too early because I want, I, I really encourage people to to start the game right at 5 p.m. because then we can live tweet and kind of simulate that live game experience. And the the Nuggets and the Abs communities, they've done a really great job with this. And I just, I think it'll be fun if we can get, you know, a bunch of CSU fans tweet, tweeting as if this is, is really it because that that 2013 game was so wild but beyond you know coming up with with new ways to create content and engage everybody i'm trying to stay in shape i actually broke out insanity today for the first time in like you know five or six years my calves are absolutely killing me i forgot how hard it is to jump but uh you know i'm just i'm doing what i can trying to stay sane i know you guys are too uh, i actually picked up the guitar for the first time in forever I still suck. Uh, I, I absolutely suck. But it's fun. You know, at least it's a creative outlet. It's it's helping keep me sane. I'd be curious to know what you guys are doing during this time. You know, what are what are you doing to stay creative, to stay productive? Send it my way. You know, I, I'd love to hear that. I'd love to know what you guys are all doing during these weird times. But that's all we have for today. We've got some some fun guests coming up. I'm actually really excited about them. Uh, so should have some interesting podcasts over the next couple of days. Make sure you're locked in on that. Uh, make sure you're subscribing, rating us, all of that fun stuff. Thank you to everybody that subscribes to DNVR. You guys are helping us stay alive. I mean, obviously, really, really unfortunate that we opened a sports bar right when all the sports got canceled. But as you see, with the DNVR watches, with the stuff we're doing on social media, with the written content that we're going to come out with, you know, on the draft and, and off seasons and, and so much more, it's it's ultimately just going to make us that much stronger of a company. It's going to make us stronger as a community. It's really going to test us. It's tough, but positivity is key. We will push through. We will persevere. Word, make sure you are participating in that New Mexico Bowl rewatch Saturday, 5 p.m., dnvr underscore rams will post the link right before 5 p.m i will see you all there much love
Skinny looking kid with the cuff khakis Wearing graphic tees Feeling way too trendy Raps that kill Oh, I'm deadly Primed and ready Like machetes At a deli In New Delhi Feeling scummy Like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh, I'm gnarly